Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today I'm going to be talking about the toxic effects of glyphosate. So glyphosate has been the most common herbicide in use in the world for decades. It works by blocking a metabolic pathway which produces the amino acids phenylalanine, tyrosine, and tryptophan. Lacking these amino acids, the plant shrivels and dies. Given a mechanism of action like that, though, the use of glyphosate was necessarily limited. It killed weeds, but it would also kill the plants you wanted to cultivate at the same time. It wasn't until genetically modified crops entered the picture that the use of glyphosate became much more widespread. Only after that could entire crops be doused in Roundup, of which glyphosate is the active ingredient, without leading to commercial loss. Even some common non-GMO crops get doused in glyphosate right before harvesting, though, such as beans, wheat, and oats. This dries the plants, rendering the harvesting process faster and more efficient. Data indicating glyphosate's safety at lower levels of consumption has primarily been based upon acute toxicity. However, we now know that glyphosate can persist in the environment for a long time, but is that really a problem? How concerned should we be? In general, the theory of naturopathic medicine boils down to this. Identify and remove obstacles to cure and give the body the building blocks it needs to heal itself. Within reason, healing should follow. Glyphosate potentially comprises both sides of that equation. So some of the necessary building blocks for health include micronutrients, and glyphosate has been shown to chelate positively charged minerals, making them unavailable for use as cofactors in enzymatic reactions. This is particularly true of manganese, zinc, and iron. Manganese deficiency is associated with weight loss, dementia, nausea, and vomiting. Zinc deficiency is associated with a host of problems, including decreased immunity, dermatitis, hair loss, depression, attention problems, loss of taste and appetite, amenorrhea, gut distress, including bloating, nausea, and low pancreatic enzyme production, low sex hormone production, and poor wound healing. Iron deficiency is mostly associated with fatigue, shortness of breath, and anemia. Your microbiome also is the collective term for all the bacteria that populate your gut, all 100 trillion of them. Even though your microbiome is not technically you, it's so important to your body's function that it's been characterized as another organ. It acts like an army, protecting you against foreign invaders, pathogenic bacteria, parasites, etc. It also helps to educate your immune system about the difference between friend and foe, making it a very important to mitigate against, previ- against and prevent allergies and autoimmunity. It also helps you break down your food. Glyphosate has been shown to lead to dysbiosis or disruption of the gut flora. This probably has to do with selective pressure. Some microorganisms use the same pathway that the plants use and which glyphosate targets. Those organisms not sensitive to glyphosate's mechanism of action will survive and proliferate. For the same reason, glyphosate has been implicated in increasing antibiotic resistance of pathogenic bacteria as well. Because of the gut-brain axis, this change in dysbiosis can also lead to neurological dysfunction. In order to effectively remove any obstacles to cure that might be present, the liver's detoxification process needs to be up to the task. The liver's phases of detoxification consist of phase one, primarily involving cytochrome enzymes, which act as a setup for final elimination, and phase two. Glyphosate has been shown to inhibit the cytochrome enzymes of phase one. One of the liver's six main pathways of detoxification, methylation, also heavily influences neurotransmitter balance, sex hormone balance, and histamine balance. It's been shown that glyphosate may disrupt methylation. 
There's some controversy over whether or not glyphosate, which contains glycine and degrades into glycine, may actually be inserted into proteins in place of glycine in the body. If true, this would have substantial ramifications, not least because glycine is one of three amino acids necessary to produce glutathione. Glutathione is necessary for another of the liver's main main phase two pathways of elimination and is also the body's most powerful antioxidant. However, experimentation has shown that the body does not appear to make this error after all. Perhaps in part due to its inhibitory activity against detoxification, the International Agency on the Research for Cancer considers glyphosate probably carcinogenic to humans. Okay, so what you what do you do about all of this? Because of the dramatic increase in glyphosate use, it's nearly impossible to get away from it entirely. It's even been found in rainwater. But there are a few things that you can do. If you can afford it, the best way to limit your exposure to glyphosate is to buy organic. Organic foods prohibit the use of glyphosate. Many argue that supplementation with glycine may be helpful as a competitive inhibitor against glyphosate. This would only be helpful if the body really does confuse the two protein two during protein synthesis, which is disputed. That said, glycine supplementation would still support glutathione production as well as bile acid synthesis and can be quite helpful for inducing deeper sleep for some people as well. Another study showed that the herb ginkgo biloba is protective against glyphosate toxicity. I also often treat toxins with the homeopathic version of the toxin itself as this seems to both encourage the body to release the toxin and also decreases any hypersensitivity that might exist to the toxin in the meantime. I therefore sometimes will use homeopathic glyphosate as a gentle chelator if levels for glyphosate test high in addition to other binding agents like activated charcoal or zeolite. So I will link in the show notes to the blog review this comes from. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you, so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren Deville. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. Need more of God's power in your life? I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.